Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 369. This is Russ, and I have Rich and Aaron. Hey there. Bonjour, mon amis. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Where is Brian? Hello. He's in the kitchen. <laughs> so we're back. So we. I guess a little bit of news. I mean, it's big news, but less big for this show or these shows because they already kind of were, were past it. But uh, Le Writer's Strike is over. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, again, not, not too big of a deal because AMC already kind of worked their deal out. But um, just in a, in a larger sense of, of entertainment uh, as a whole, good, a, good, a good thing. Yeah, they can yeah. finish up those uh, second drafts of the Tales from the Walking Dead second season. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds can start writing uh, jokes for for Deadpool three. Um, well, yeah, he can he can start writing his ad libs. Yeah, yes, that's, exactly. That's, that's true. Yes, <laughs> for when for when the actor strikes, when the so actor he can go act the ad libs. <laughs> yeah, I really thought this thing was going to go into next year. To be honest with you, I, I didn't think they'd resolve it before January. But given that they resolved the writers portion of it, supposedly the actors they're meeting with next week, I have a feeling that within the next couple few weeks, this is going to be a done deal. Well, yeah, because it's made all the studio look stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, well, <laughs> yes, sure. But. I hear you. I, I also believed that it would go into the next year, but no, they they realized that they looked stupid earlier than they did. So. Well, and when you have the smaller you know, studios like, you know, A24 and Blumhouse and all of that that have already agreed and, you know, they've already got the exceptions to go forward with productions and whatnot. I mean, it makes the big studios look even stupider. Sure. I mean, I'm I'm not being the advocate for the studios, but those productions do hire infinite numbers more people so it's easier to pay people more when your scale is smaller but um, i understand but again i i weep not for the billionaires no neither do i neither do i um all right so hopefully the like i said hopefully the sag after strike resolves itself as well and everybody just gets back to, to doing what they do. Um, and that's been the uh, Strike Back cast presented by Cinemax, where we always yes. talk about the strike and nothing but. I miss Strike Back. Wait, we're sponsored by Cinemax? For the Strike Back cast, of course we are. Yes. Ah. <laughs> that segment of the show. That classic segment we do. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's like the Live Moss segments from way back. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly oh, right. like Except this. it's Strike Back. Yeah. <laughs> strike Back. Not, not at all connected to a a show that exists no no i was gonna say what type of show it is but then i realized i have no idea what strike back is beyond the fact that it's a show that's on cinemax oh you don't know what strike back is <laughs> you're gonna enlighten me and i'm gonna I be like whoa was, really i thought it was episode five uh no <laughs> no it's it's a it's basically a spy it's it's kind of in the vein of like um MI5 or it well not even that it's 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 a very much like it it's a cross between MI5 and the Expendables um okay and the main character who is the guy that was in 300 Rise of a yeah 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 I know he's the one that's in the yeah uh, Sullivan something uh, yeah yeah Steven Sullivan Sullivan no, uh, yeah the the yeah or as I call him in the show the man that just gets ass every five seconds like that that's, Sullivan Stapleton there Sullivan Stapleton yes. Does he raise donkeys? Uh, you would think. <laughs> um, he's raising well, Cinemax, so I assume he just he's, pulls out his donkey. He's raising now. something <laughs> every ten minutes. Um, yeah, for for a show about about terrorism and counterterrorism and stuff, there there's a whole lot of getting it on, getting on. Um, 
it's actually a pretty good show. It's it. Not too, it's a very weird show because this first season had um, oh <laughs> keep going God what's his name uh, the, from Lord of the Lord of the Ring um, which one he he played the lead uh, dwarf um, Court Walking Dead God, I can't oh oh uh, Richard uh, Richard uh, Richard Armitage. Armitage yes yeah the first season had Richard Armitage and the one guy and then like season two basically like turns it on completely on its head was it Richard, Richard Armitage in MI five uh, he is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. In the later seasons. Yes. All right. So it's funny. He was in the later seasons of my five, but he's in the first season of strike back, but not in the subsequent seasons of strike back. <laughs> okay. Um, it's almost like a, a different show in season two. And then it went, I think four more seasons. And then they brought it back after a hiatus with a whole new cast. And I think the original two guys kind of came in like as, Oh, we brought these guys back. The ones, you know, from the first four seasons. Anyway, but it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's actually a pretty good show. I, I I dig it quite a bit. Well, that's been Double Strike Back Chat, the other yes. podcast we do yes. on this podcast every now and then that always <laughs> follows Strike Back Cast, yes. not to be confused with Double Strike Back Cast Chat. Correct. <laughs> All right, episode three of Daryl Dixon, Paris sera toujours Paris, which I'm sure I butchered. Uh-huh. Um, I felt like not a. It's funny. I have like uh, at least a full page of notes, but uh, I got to the end of the episode and I'm like, "What? What happened here?" <laughs> like, I felt like a lot. Uh, I, I wrote, took a lot of notes, but I don't. I I didn't feel like a lot really truly happened. If you want to talk about momentum, okay, fine. But if you want to talk about this episode being fucking awesome, I am all about that because wow. I love this episode. Wow, <laughs> I'm so on board with this. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right. So, yeah. No, okay. Take. Now you made it interesting. <laughs> All right. So we start at the beginning of the episode. Um, they roll up on the town of An- Angers, um, and they they come across this theater, and Daryl and Isabel <laughs> go inside. Laurent stays out, and, and um, I forget the other lady's name. Uh, Sylvie. Yes. Sylvie. Sylvie, stay outside. Um, and Watch they find- the horse. Yes. Uh th- th- I found it really funny how many times Daryl asked about a radio in this episode. It's like... Want to find a radio? I think he said he was, it like seven times. <laughs> he was like, in places where there feasibly could have been radios. I get it. No, I know. It's, <laughs> I just thought it was funny because he's just like, where's the radio? What about the radio? Yeah. He's um, a one-track kind of guy. True, true. Um, so, yeah, he he takes him to the radio and the thing's like not even plugged in or it's it's plugged into... Like, it's, it's a, the whole thing is a mess. And this dude that is at the theater is acting very strange. Like he's, I thought for a minute there because of the way he was interacting with them. And they were, I almost thought there was like a bad edit or something. I'm like, why does it seem like this guy is like completely in a different space than, than uh, where they are. And then uh, we find out very quickly when he starts playing uh, some, some music that um, he has wired up a complete Walker Symphony in the in the main part of the theater. Um, this is a this is amazing. It is Th- this right here. I was like four point nine burners out of five. Like I am so <laughs> on board with what this episode's giving me right now. It has it has walkers with like drums on their arms. It has two with with trumpets shoved down their necks. It's got one on the drums. Like right? like it's got one with the guitar. I was so like. <laughs> into all of this and like watching um daryl and isabel like staring at this where they didn't leave immediately so they're like well kind of they're intrigued for a little bit (laughs) the the head the head on a string to do (laughs) the the, head on the the, yeah yeah, that was good oh my god everything about this i was so into (laughs) and a little known fact if you really pay close attention it's another band that can give Nickelback a run for the money on the Grammys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, my note literally is just when you thought you've seen it all. <laughs> like, <laughs> again, we talk on this. My, my, I just didn't like. I enjoyed that sequence, but when you put it in the context of the whole episode, it felt like a waste of time. I mean, they're 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 on their travels. It's part of their journey. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if you want to show that's all momentum and plot, I mean, we can do that. That just sounds boring to me. <laughs> I don't know. 
This, this is a show that the first episode had nuns versus an army. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't care like how how much detour we take in this in this series. Like, give me the fun stuff. Like we've 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 gotten eleven seasons of Rick and Carol and whoever being like, oh, we got to keep going. Oh no, it's another town of bad guys. We got to keep fighting. The-. Like, let's have some funny detours for a change. Let's have some weird shit go on. And we're in France. Yeah. Like, like, let alone Paris, which we'll get to, where it's like, yeah, if you want to sh- like, Rich, you yourself said, like, what's it like elsewhere? And if you want to see the yeah. version of the show that's just more of them traveling and then they stop for a fight or walkers, like, we've seen that a lot. You don't got to go to Paris to find that. You want no, to see the show that's different. Here's a guy that has some character. It's like, right. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I loved um, French Princess, but the, the whole thing was, is, like, there were themed sequences later in this episode that I think if they had devoted a little more time to, they would have been better. And maybe they could have had, you know, weird John Philip Sousa, you know, in another episode or at the end of an episode. or I don't know, but it just, it felt like a waste when, because the rest of the episode is just boring. We got two seasons of this show, at least. We're going to have plenty of time to develop whatever stuff you don't feel like there was enough time for. (laughs) No, I'm just saying that there are things that just are not... I don't know. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm just... This episode left me wanting. I'll just say that. I I applaud when they... I've, I've mentioned on this show before, but I applaud when they do things that are unique and that we haven't seen before, especially when it comes to walkers. And so... A Walker Symphony to me was just—I mean, regardless of what I think about the but the episode as a whole, like to me that was just cool because it's like you got this weird eccentric dude and you don't really know what's going on, so you're kind of focused on like what's up with this guy, and you know when he takes you into the theater, like there's a switch coming, right? Like there's there's a hook here and something something's about to be revealed. Now whether it's a bunch of people that jump out and you know with guns or whether it's you know who you know a, whatever. But I was not on my bingo card. I did not have uh, Walker Symphony uh, as as one of the as one of the items. So I also ar- I'd also argue thematically. I think this is a very consistent episode because it's a very music heavy episode, and even the True. title Paris will always be Paris. This is showing like these people aren't changing their tune very much. Like this guy's a conductor. To me, he's fucking staying a conductor. You got nightclubs. To me, still, the, the music, like, the doing, music of this insane. episode is definitely the best part of it. Um, that Doors cover was great. I mean, there's some good music, and I did like this sequence. I'm just saying, to me, I don't know because the rest of the episode to me is pretty boring. I disagree. I mean, we're gonna get to the stuff that we get to, but I think there's plenty of stuff going on throughout this thing <clears throat> so they hear the noise outside L- L- laurent and sylvie hear the music um and of course loud like, music what's going on up there <laughs> like yeah, what's happening yeah, what's all that about <laughs> um it draws in walkers and sylvie takes the rifle kind of lines one up um and at this point daryl's like pissed that they even came here like I mean, he like, drops like three f bombs. <laughs> He's like, "This guy is nuts!" Like, what There's are we doing here? There's an f bomb in the episode too. There's a lot of f bombs being dropped. This there was week's episode of Daryl. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. Uh, I I thought that again, this was kind of cool, like visually, where the one walker is chained to another one, dragging it along. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a cool bit because Sylvie has the rifle aimed up. She's ready to shoot. And Daryl's like, we did it your way. Now we're going to do it my way. And he takes that rifle and just, bam, just blows the head off. That this was an issue for me. And, and then- Daryl has been in this world for 12 years-ish. He knows about the noises bringing in walkers. You already got They're John leaving. Philip Sousa going. They're leaving. And you're going to waste ammunition. He's better with a knife than anything. Why would he I, use the musket? He's upset. He's literally. He's literally like you. He he calls it all a stupid detour. <laughs> like I mean, he's <laughs> he's pissed off that they've done this. I mean, again, I don't think this is without purpose. I like, get you know, that, but his common sense doesn't just go out the window. Sure, it does. He's pissed off, and he like, like it's an easy kill. And he's got like these rifles that they have plenty of ammo apparently with this stuff. The, yeah, to, I mean, to me, this was deliberate. Like he he did this. 
Like this was him making his point, right? Yeah, like he, he's yeah, like he, like he just pissed because because like, he see because like the drama of the scene is supposed to be, or the tension is supposed to be Sylvie not being able to shoot. Daryl just casually grabs that of her hand and just de- destroys the zombie. Yes, one, two, three. No, nope, this like, is this is Indiana Jones shooting the swordsman and walking yeah. off. Like, uh-huh. um, y- yeah. So to to me again, he and just the swagger, the putting the rifle up, the just like saddle up and let's get the hell out of here. Like he knows like, okay, if they're not coming after them, like there's all this noise from the theater. If those, the walkers that are rolling up are going anywhere, they're going inside that theater to take out the crazy man. Um, yeah. And, and again, it just kind of makes a good punch to, you know, for, I mean, again, pacing wise and everything else, you're going into the cold open, like the, like from a pacing perspective, it's just like punch and then out. Right. So, after the cold open, we come back and they they get to Paris proper. Um, and then this, like, like we mentioned earlier, we're getting, uh, it was kind of cool. Cause we get people are strange in French. Yeah. It's which really was interesting. I loved that. Absolutely love that. My only question about the sequence coming into Paris, shouldn't they have made Paris look like it was after an uh, undead apocalypse? Not like it is now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, send all your French hate mail too. Um, have you been there? I have. I have not. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, we get people are strange in French, uh, and then they they come across Jim Morrison's grave, which I thought was kind of interesting. And of course, it, it was kind of interesting because it was a chance for Daryl to kind of drop some information about a France that the French don't know. You know what I mean? Like. You know, up until this point, he's been stranger in a strange land, and then he finds this thing that he's able to uh, to kind of you know communicate back to them. It's like, oh no, this is uh, you know Jim Morrison. He was a musician. You know, he died in France. Like, I love that he's like he died in France, and <laughs> Daryl's like, yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, thought, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. No. Um... Like this part of the the whole episode just got me excited for it because that music was just God, it was perfect. I loved it, but yeah. And Lorenzo also, and- I, I I I get the the um, tenacity of Doors fans. I am one, but who's still leaving fresh flowers on Jim Morrison's grave twelve years into the apocalypse? <laughs> I, I love that Laurent goes up to Daryl and says, Mr. Daryl, you will not die in Paris. <laughs> like, uh, like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll get to that later. Never mind. So they come across, a, they kind of get to their destination at this point, which actually kind of surprised me. I really thought that the bulk of this season was going to be their journey to Paris. Yeah, me um, too. So I thought it was interesting that, okay, here we are beginning of episode three. And they've arrived. So I mean, Paris isn't their destination. It's just more of like a stop that they have to make along the way. And all the well, I mean, it was a, it, I mean, it, yeah, it was the intended destination for Isabel and Laurent. So um, but I figure the whole boat thing with the coast is like their their end game on this thing. Daryl's yeah, for Daryl for sure yeah. Um, so they come across a, a group that is aware of what's going on. Obviously, this is their destination. So he asks, uh, we, f- we come across this character named Falu, who um, knows Father John and recognizes the kid. Just was like, oh, is that is that him? Is that is that who that is? And Isabel's like, yeah, yep, that's him. Um, and of course, Daryl, Daryl wants the radio <laughs> um, right off, uh, asks about the radio and um as Falu is taking them through this, the settlement, it's kind of like this, it's, it's not very big, but apparently like a commune. Y- y- yes. Yes. It felt very much like a commune. Like an urban um, commune. Yeah. Yeah. They have 64 people, uh, living there. Apparently there was a baby just born. So that was the 64th, uh, settler in, the, in their, in their, uh, camp there. Um, they look out and see the statue of Liberty and, uh, apparently a helicopter. The crash. Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel, yes. What did I say? The statue, statue, statue of Liberty. Liberty. Holy crap. I mean, you're on the right track. By the same guy. Yeah. So you're in the right neighborhood. You didn't say, yeah, you didn't say Big Ben. So. <laughs> Big Ben Parliament. Yeah. Um, the type of the Eiffel Tower <laughs> was uh, clipped by a helicopter 
uh, right after everything kind of went to hell. So it, it took the, the tip off. So even that like statement's like fuzzy to me. It's like, wait a minute. What was there a zombie in a helicopter? How'd that happen? <laughs> like, yeah. What was going on there? <laughs> there, it was a medevac and the patient died. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so he takes him to the radio quote unquote, and it's a bunch of homing pigeons <laughs> yeah. that, that act as a radio. And Daryl is, Nonplussed to say <laughs> no, the least. <laughs> I did find this funny, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, how long is this going to take?" And he's like, "I don't know. It could take a few days, a week to get a message there, and and then it's like it could be a month." And Daryl's like, "All right, f this. Like, I'm out. Like, it's going to yeah, take a done. month. I can't sit here all this time. <laughs> the show's over. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing another spinoff. Yes." <laughs> I'm going to swim across the channel. (laughs) (laughs) It does. (laughs) Um, But but of course, they they know a a group that can probably either get him to a radio or get him what he needs. I mean, ultimately, Daryl's aim is to uh, get back to America. Um, And so they need Antoine, by the way, too, who's who's like in charge of the. The, the pigeons because yeah, he's he's played by Dominic Pignon who's like in all of uh, Jean-Pierre Jeannot's films yes um, so I was like oh cool they got him in the show <laughs> I was I was really excited by this and I'm like well that's not the last we see of this guy we just cast him for no reason so I was I was all about that yeah at first I was like man I know this I know this guy I know this guy and then the alien resurrection was what I thought of too he was uh, okay yeah <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I was like no this yeah I thought the same thing you Aaron I was like okay this is this guy's a little this guy has some. He's uh, going to use those pigeons after all. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so we come back to Cadrone, who has uh, arrived. I called her the boat lady, but this is this is the the lady that's in charge of uh, that we saw on the boat uh, at the end of the first episode, and he basically makes a deal with her. She thinks Daryl's dead. Like, well. She's not convinced he's dead because as yeah. we saw at the end of the first episode, she's like, oh, you know, did you fish his body out? You know, that kind of thing. And so she makes like he's dead um, and Cadrone plays the tape and tells her that, uh, no, he's still alive. And so they they kind of form an alliance and, and make a deal um, here. Um, we come back to Daryl and Isabel who have gone because Isabel knows, okay, we're going to find these, find some people that can help Daryl and get him where he needs to go. But obviously we got to find something to to trade with or to, to give up. So again, this is where the flashback pays off. I I mean, not that it didn't pay off at the time, but where, where it it comes in, Um, they go back to Isabel's house. Daryl's seeing a bunch of pictures and stuff. They find a picture of her sister. Um, and of course, uh, Isabel goes to her stash in the fireplace and pulls out uh, jewelry, drugs, like all kinds of stuff. Um, and I love that Isabel's like, I wasn't always a nun. <laughs> um, I, I thought that was that was funny. Um, and Daryl looks out and he goes, yeah, it sure beats the view from my old house. Like, you know, seeing seeing Paris from outside Isabel's place. You, you know what? We skipped over a thing with the with the Cadron stuff. The um like, cause he sees like some, ex- some experiments going on with the, with one of the walkers. Oh yeah. I got a very world beyond feeling out of that. Like we, like they're, they're like, they pass a lab and like, they have like a walker chain to a wall. I guess that what they like inject them with something and then like, yeah, he, like rips looked, the chains out of the walls. Well, it, because it, it explodes, starts like, convulsing. I think what it is is it's something that makes the nervous system something, and then the brain explodes. Well, so I think that, they're yeah. trying to find some new way to kill zombies. But I also wonder if this is how we got those acidic zombies. Is their experiments? Well, I'm now. sure it's their experiments that are doing that. But I, I, I don't know if it's about killing them. I feel like it's like, are they trying to like make turn them into like a weapon? Because it seems like well, make, that could I mean, be too. Yeah. I mean, they rip chains out of walls. That makes them. That's being stronger. Like that seems like what the goal yeah. is. Oh, I got the impression he ripped the chains out of the wall because he was just convulsing from. Zombies whatever. aren't that strong. I mean, there's there's still zombies. <laughs> like you can't. Rip yeah, chains and we, and out we of see. Walls. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff that happens at the end when we get towards the end of this episode too. That kind of lends to uh, obviously uh, that I'm assuming ties into this as well. 
it seems like they're you know, there are a bunch of Vincent D'Onofrio's in Jurassic World. We're like, we should use them in the field. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make yeah. these zombies a weapon as part of our army. Um, <clears throat> they go outside uh, once they're finished, and they come. Uh, they come. It came. Across, uh, they come across a little girl who's like stuck, and Isabel says, "Oh no, just th- that's uh, a me, like a little zombie girl." Yes, yeah, a little zombie girl. Yeah. Um. And then all of a sudden, bodies start dropping like we're yeah. in an episode of Dead City. I'm like, what the hell? So where now, were you bored, Rich? Like, all this stuff's happening. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I had a blast of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, the zombies dropping from the sky is great. When we saw it just a few months ago on D- <laughs> Dead City. That was different. There was only so some. This, <laughs> this isn't them being thrown out, right? This is them. Right. Being, they're reacting to the noise. They're reacting to I the get noise, it, right? But yeah. I just. I don't know. I mean, I was fine with it. Again, it's not the whole... I don't know. I just did not enjoy this episode that much. I just I, I just keep, like, we're talking about this again, and I'm just hearing, like, just new new piece after new piece. of Like, there's just constantly stuff happening throughout this episode. That's what, it's part of why I was enjoying it so much. So this is where yeah. I, I mentioned that we see something interesting, which is... so like in dead city when those zombies fell and splattered, like that was kind of the end of it. Right. But like here it's, they do this weird, like stand up thing and o- almost kind of like a, like reconstitute. Like it was weird. It was like their bones. It was almost like their bones were healing. You know, they're like, also, they're only falling like a couple stories as opposed to the skyscrapers sure. they were coming off of in dead city. Sure. Oh, but I didn't was, get that. They were healing. I just, I just thought, yeah, I just thought they were kind of getting back up, and you know, they're zombies, so it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Now, if walkers have evolved to where they can heal like that, then this episode, I had it all wrong. That is interesting. Well, I, 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 I didn't I took catch it as, that. Like in general, they're kind of brittle, so the fact that they fell that in, like, you would think that the bones would be broken to the point where they wouldn't be stable. Anyway, I don't know. I, I just thought it was weird. I heard some cracking noises and stuff as they were standing up, almost like again. I'm sure like, they, you know, I'm sure they broke a few bones falling down. I, I, I would agree with Rich. I don't think they're necessarily healing. I think they're just kind of, you know, they're whatever cinematic license they're going for to convey the idea that they're getting back up again, and that's taxing. I guess that makes getting. sense. Because it, it's like a hat on a hat. It's like they're already acid zombies. They're also healing zombies. Like, what's going on here? It's <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And and that was cool, too. When the, after they fell, you could hear the sizzle, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, the, yeah. of the acid heating up the concrete. But then they stand up. And did you guys notice, like, the whole, like, tendrils going through the, yes. the head? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know if it was meant to be, like, f- like, fluid or blood or something. Or if it was some sort of, like, parasite or something that was... It's clearly uh, what, like Rich, you were saying, like it's whatever that, um, what whatever they're doing to mutate these zombies, like it's affecting them in some way. Yeah, <laughs> it was a cool, it was a cool effect. Yeah. Um, so Daryl comes up, stabs one, and then uses it to like melt the, like cut through, the, use the like the acid to cut through the the um, the hinges the, or whatever on the metal grate so they could get out. Yeah, the old smear the zombie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they leave and as, as Isabel turns back, it's, it's the scene like when they took off from the apartment the first time and the little girl was like on her scooter or whatever, as they were driving away, she kind of has that, that image again. No God, there was a fall up there. Cause like, yeah, they did show yeah. it last week. It's like, oh, that's neat that they, they, they planned this. Yeah. There's yeah. something there. It's our, it's our bicycle girl for the, exactly. for the series. Exactly. Um, so Daryl, oh, I didn't and, think of bicycle girl. I thought of the little girl Rick shoots in the first. Is that the first episode? Either way, you know, saying, yeah, yeah, just a, 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 you know, and a, a, a revisit to somebody that they knew. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Isabel and Daryl team. They kind of the gang gets back together. Isabel shows Laurent a picture of his mother, um, who he's never he's never actually seen a picture of his mother. Um, and again, it was kind of a cool thing. Like, he's like, oh, Daryl, this is my mother. And Daryl's like, oh, let me look. They're kind of like acting surprised. And, um, oh, she's very pretty. You know, it's just kind of like he's playing along with the kid, which I thought was, 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 was cute. It's just, this was the other thing too, is like the, and I get they're doing the whole reveal and all that stuff, but 
it's never known, shown in the first two episodes that he knows she's his aunt. Like, he never refers to her as aunt till this episode. Just found that odd. Okay. My, my grandkids don't call my daughter their aunt. They just call her Becca. So, like, I don't know. I mean, like, they don't refer don't to her as Aunt Becca. Refer, it's just Becca. I always um, refer to my aunts as uncles and uncles as aunt so and so and uncle so and so. Everybody's different. And yeah, I did too. France. I don't even know <laughs> but, France. But I'm yeah, just I, saying, he starts referring to her that way in this episode, but not before this. I don't know. It was just lazy writing to me. Um, So Falu takes them to his contact, uh, which is in. So this is where we get this, this Paris nightclub, which is kind of the like stereotypical Paris nightclub with a little bit of a post-apocalyptic twist to it. This is where I zoomed to five burners. (laughs) Like, well, (laughs) point one achieved for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) There we are. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we get all the, again, the typical trappings of being inside a club, you know, people dressed provocatively. There's, um, you know, all, all kinds of, all I kinds assume of it's cr- the first drag queens we've had on the walking. It, day, yeah. I was just sure. to say, yeah, yeah. The, the, the drag queen host. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting cast of characters that they were, they were on display. Um, so they sit down, they talk to these, these two guys, um, about, trading and they want the goods before they'll take Daryl where he needs to go and Daryl's like no 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 like we're not just giving you we're not giving all this up like you you've got to give us something first before we give some well and also why like why is she offering the whole kit and caboodle for one transaction like she's got a lot of stuff there well, you know been what I'm there saying? for I know years but, or whatever. So, but, but save some of the the jewelry and stuff for later transactions when you need more information. I don't know. She's been nunning it up for years. She doesn't remember how inter- you know how deals work. <laughs> she's just trying to figure things. I don't out. get the impression that she's hanging out either. So, yeah. like, no, I'm just. But this isn't the first group of people they're going to probably run into that want to barter for information or for something. I don't know. It just well, seemed weird being, to me that she gave up all character. that. That's that's because Isabel didn't read, you know, Donald Trump's Art of the Deal. I mean, that's that's her problem. Well, that's, that's probably the one sh- good thing she did. So. <laughs> I don't think it's a show issue. I think that's just a flawed character as far as what what she's a bit what she, what her abilities are. Well, it's not like she had 12 gold bars. Like, I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, yeah. she had, you know, a handful of drugs and a, I a mean, a couple of Rolexes. Sure. But several pieces of jewelry, rings. Which, and, and it's all about this many, boy who's, you know, the Messiah for all things are concerned. She's like, don't do anything for him. The, and the that's jewelry, the other thing, so, too, is those drugs. I mean, come on, it's been 12 years. Most of that's probably pretty ineffective at this point. They can dream. <laughs> I mean, as far as the jewelry goes, to me, I view jewelry in the post-apocalypse like money. Like what? Like there's so right. like there's there's jewelry. But, but no, every- hold on. We're in, we're in a we're in a fancy nightclub though. There's clearly value in jewels compared to money. I mean, there's stuff you can do with them to some degree in that in that kind of space. Well, sure. But what I'm getting at is, given how many, given the number of people that are dead, the number of homes, the number of like jewelry is everywhere. Like it's literally everywhere. I mean, the, the number of jewelry stores laying around that, like the, the, the sheer number of people that are dead that had jewelry, the, the number of homes. Like I don't see jewelry as this high bargaining. Like, yes, if you I don't know. It's been, now, it's been, it's been over a decade at this point. Those places have been picked clean. Right. But I'm, but given how many people have jewelry that are dead versus how many people that are currently alive, like what I'm saying is it's, I'm sure it's abundant. What what I'm saying is, it, today if you went into somebody with a with a bag full of Rolexes, like y- y- yeah, you you could pretty much get what you want. Like when you could probably, f- if you looked hard enough, you could find a Rolex in this in this world pretty easily. Like I guess what I'm saying to to Rich's point, like it's not like she had her cash of barter is not as 
worth as much as I think you think it is. Like that's that's fair. I would I would still contend, even though I agree with you that I think at, at the beginning of all of this, that makes more sense to me as far as the the lack of value that some of these things might have. But now, you know, over a decade in. I don't think the jewelry and Rolexes are as everywhere as they could be because everyone's been raiding everything all the time now. So now it's back to being pretty private. I, I would, I would, I would believe. Yeah, I mean, like take the art for example. They were, oh, they know. cleaned out the Louvre right away. Yeah, like, sure. Like, like that's that's gone. <laughs> I, I, I hope, I hope I, the conductor has the Mona Lisa. I hope he has it back there somewhere. That's I was expecting somewhere for them to show that, but. <laughs> we have multiple seasons. We'll get to the Louvre, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure. No, no doubt. <laughs> no, not um, the Louvre that they somebody had the Mona Lisa. The Louvre or the results of raiding the Louvre. I, I yes. guarantee that'll factor into this show at some point. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, anyway, I, I just I just felt like what they're asking for was a big ask. I mean, taking somebody and being able to transport them across the continent in this kind of a situation is probably a huge ask. And so I, I would but guess they would, were just asking him for they were just asking for information about where they could go to get a boat, not an actual boat. Right. Sure. But I'm just saying that was a lot to, to trade for just information. I guess. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. We're as digging in the weeds on a currency exchange. We are. not understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was a, it was a handful of items. So yeah. <laughs> like it, it all of it fit in one hand. Um uh, so at this point, there's one of those guys that's really looking squirrely. Like he's, he's pretty jumpy. He's looking around, keeps looking around. And Daryl at this point, Daryl's like spidey sense goes off and he's like, we need to leave right now. We need to get up and get out of here. Cause th- this thing is about to go South. Like these guys know that something's about to happen. Um, and sure enough, this is where, uh, we, we find the return of Quinn, um, who I, 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 a couple of last episode, I think we thought he was on the boat, but um, clearly he's not. He is the nightclub owner, uh, conveniently, uh, <laughs> um, uh, for, of this establishment. And so he's basically, Lando. Yes, <laughs> that's my essentially of what yes. going for. He's basically like he's operating his own thing. He's fine. He's got rules. Somebody back more comes along his way. He's like, I don't know Isabel anything. I'll do whatever. Like I can keep my people safe. <laughs> um. And so Quinn comes in and the guy pulls out a knife. Daryl ends up taking him down and Quinn is like, Oh, you know, my policy on weapons. And so he takes the knife and cuts the guy right across the, the, the nip of his nose there. Um, like his septum and just, just slices it right open. (laughs) Um, and of course, because Quinn knows Isabel and everything he's, he's taking them. Um, and they kind of wind through the bottom of this club and he says, it's a, a hideout. It's an old world war two bunker. Um, during the Vichy days, it was taken over by the Nazis. And so they kind of have this weird kind of back and forth about like, Oh, the good guys are the bad guys. And Quinn is like, well, it depends on what side you were on. You know, that, that whole kind of, kind now of thing. this is, they took the catacombs to get to this, right? Yes. Yeah. So we skipped over one of my favorite lines of the episode which was u.s is but an infant compared to france we have survived many apocalypses oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. i thought that was a great line it, yeah, yeah as right. they walk past a, a walls of skulls yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i even had in my notes catacombs are cool <laughs> like, yeah. that is cool to like it's it, i always find it interesting to see like this is a place where there's skulls in the walls like it's crazy to think yeah. about this. having having toured part of them yes they are cool so then we get um, Isabel kind of catches Quinn up on you know what's going on and where they've been and because she hasn't seen him since she took his car and, and left that day you know that that her sister's dead that the boy you know is alive and then Quinn drops the bomb that he's the father I don't know why I didn't think about this that that this was the case prior to that but when he said that I was like oh damn like he is like well, he just was, straight up was like he he dad, slept with your sister. Yeah, well, I was trying to think if one, because I, I was thinking one of us may have said that last week, speculated that, but now I think about it, it may have been on Reddit that I read that, but um, I just, for some reason, I was like, just before it was revealed, I was like, he's a, he is the dad, and yeah, but I mean, he slept with her sister, it's France, I mean, sure, but he's not French. But it's still France. So there. 
um, and and we get the other tidbit we get out of here is, you know, Quinn is like, oh, I don't know why you're all upset about this. Like, oh, you you know, you're now you're upset at me because I slept with your sister. Like, you know, he's like, I found you. He he grabs her wrists to pull up her sleeves and says, I found you in a bathtub bleeding out. So like a uh, clearly Isabel tried to commit suicide at one point. Quinn found her um, and. It, unclear as to if that started their relationship or if they were already in a relationship when that happened. Um, not not really clear about that. I don't, I don't care enough. <laughs> if they want to tell me, they'll tell me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, no. like this drama involving like sleeping with sisters and what I was like, all right, <laughs> we can. But it does explain why when the fall was happening, he was desperate to like let's just leave her somebody else, you know. Yeah. It, the other thing too. I just assume that we'll get some other flashback at some point to kind of yeah. talk about like what's sure. what's going on with Isabel. Um, Cause again, somebody attempting suicide, then the whole, like all of the circumstances that led to her being a nun, I find her backstory that much more interesting given the fact that where she ended up. Right. Yeah, so well, that I agree with. Um, so again, whether it's this season or next season, who knows, but I, I'm, I'm guessing at some point we'll get some more details on all that's about. Um, so Daryl at this point, like Qu- Quinn implies that, okay, I'll give you the information you need, but basically it, was he implying like that he would become part of Quinn's life or, uh, Lorenz, uh, life wants or, the boy. He wants the boy. Yeah. Oh, he want, want, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I got out of that. that that's exactly it, what you said. He wants, he wanted the boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and Daryl's like, no, I'm not doing yeah, that. Daryl's like, yeah, no, we're, we'll find another way. Like, F and this. meanwhile, I was secretly going, yes, leave the annoying kid behind. And I mean, he has a, cl- <laughs> he is the father. He has a claim to some degree. I yes. mean, for- um, so at this point, Cadrone shows up at the club, um, and total recall style with, uh, uh Michael, um, what's his face? Um, Ironside. Ironside. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> we just need a quadro. Um, so at this point, D- Daryl's like, look, I'm, I- I'm, you, you've got what you want. Um, uh, uh Isabel, uh, wants him to stay. And he's like, look, you don't, you don't, I got you where you wanted to go. You, you've got everything you want. You don't, you don't need me around here. I'm going to, I need to get back home. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, but he, but he also kind of scolds her for lying to Laurent and, and you, like, you need to tell him the truth. He needs to be able to make his own decisions. He has a right to, to know who his father is, you know, all of that and kind of scolding her a little bit. Um, and of course, Laurent overhears them arguing and says he hates them both and runs off. And at this point, Cadron's men show up at the uh, at the um, commune, whatever you want to call it, and start tearing everything up. And they all split. And uh, Daryl says, "Look, I'll meet you back at your house. You know, go get Laurent." Like, and they and they they decide to to take off. Um, I, and be, like during all of this, I'm all because we've. It, you know, you can't really, it's a pot. We don't do something to talk about beyond there are performances we see at this nightclub, which is like, Oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying like seeing the club in action. And so by the time Cadron like steps in, I'm like, I hope he doesn't hurt these people. <laughs> like I just want to yes, see, yes. I want to see this place prosper. This is so yeah. like, this is such a reprieve from everything else that we get. Even like the Commonwealth, like, yeah, sure. They have their f- pep rallies and whatnot, but the still, place still seems depressing to me where this is like, look, they all, they're all, it's a fun night. Like we're having a good time here. <laughs> like, yes. I never get to see this. Yes. It, yes. It was, it was again, I like when the show does things that we haven't seen before does things unique um, instead of just kind of rehashing the same old stuff. Um, so at this point, Daryl gets the drop. On, he see Cadron sees Daryl leave. Daryl takes off. He's able to get the drop on Cadron. Um, and gets him to the point where he's like choking him out and a cool fight. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they, they definitely have back and forth. Like Daryl jumps from one building to the, to the next, like, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good fight. And he, he ends up getting Cadron to, like I said, he gets him to the point where he's right about to choke him out and get rid of him. And then Cadron's men show up and start shooting. So Daryl has to let, let up on him, um, and take off. Um, and, and eventually Daryl gets to get kind of gets away and gets on top of a rooftop that all of a sudden we hear all this creaking, creaking. And, uh, sure enough, the, 
roof gives way and Daryl falls and that's the end this, of the This is where my eyes extremely rolled back in my head because this was such a wily Coyote type moment. He's just standing there. The camera comes up top. He watches it crack for a good two seconds. If he moves too fast, it would fall faster. Yes. Oh, it's the whole cracked ice thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he knows where he knows what situation he's in. He has to. He's yeah. trying to suss out what the next move is going to be. Doesn't I mean? And you know, it goes the it goes the the wrong yeah. way for him. It's very Looney Tunes. It's not Looney Tunes. It's, I, I disagree. <laughs> he's he's running on old decrepit buildings, and yeah, what, the roof gave out. It happens. The roof fell. It's not that the roof gave out that it was Looney Tunes to me. It's the the way I don't know. You know I how just, cracked ice works, just like Russ just said. I mean, the, you don't. <laughs> it's not ice. It it's, the same, it's the same logic and concept. There was a ledge right there next to him, and a piece of an area. Of, he had options. He didn't have to stand there like Wiley e. Coyote off the end of a Newton's, cliff. Newton's third law: the minute he puts force against that roof to make a move, uh, it all collapses. Th- that didn't bother me. A- again, I- I'm assuming that he's going to fall through and and. And die, and the show ends, right? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked how swift the fall was, and the episode like pans up to the moon, like, oh, we're done. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, like, just, oh. I really dug the the cliffhangeriness of it. It's like, oh, okay. Agreed. All right. So, how many burners do we give this episode? Rich, I'll let you go first because I think I think you have a lot to say. Uh well, I mean, I've pretty much said my piece. There were things I liked about it, but overall, I felt that the first episode was good. The last episode really brought it up a notch, and then this one just deflated me. I just, I, I was bored in parts of it. Some of it made me roll my eyes. Some of it was just predictable. Some, And I was okay with Laurent the first two episodes now he's just annoying and i everything about, i don't know i just i'm th- this episode has very much soured me on the series so far okay. so i yeah i give it two out of five burgers wow aaron Five out of five burners. If the show holds this wow, energy, give it to me. You. Like I was so in from the get go, and then it just felt like it kept delivering. Like it's the kind of thing where whatever expectation I'm supposed to have for Daryl Dixon, this is matching like what what I think the best version of this show seems to be. Where it has a little bit of everything. It has Walker fights. It has the drama, and I feel like the drama is well handled because I like Isabel and Daryl. It has this Cadron guy, and I like the. The way he's functioning in the show makes a level of sense to me so far. He's not just a he's not mustache twirly. He has a he has a purpose. You know, he seems like a viable threat. I mean, like there there's just stuff there. There's, you know, world building as far as being in Paris. There's this whole nightclub situation and the obviously the stuff at the beginning, like all these elements. I'm just looking at this being like, I don't I don't know what the bad version of this is in my eyes watching this episode of the show. So I'm at five out of five burners. Nice. I'm gonna give it three and a half. I uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't like it quite as much as the first two. Um, but but yeah. I mean, overall, I I I would say at this point, since we're at the halfway point, I think the show is generally exceeding my expectations. Um, I would agree. I I I thought it would be okay, but I just um, I feel like this is surprising me where they're going with it and what's and and what's happening with it. So. Um, so yeah, and, and again, knowing that we've got more than one season, um, so it, it'll be nice to see how this kind of sets things up for what's to come. So three and a half for me. So did we get any Facebook comments this week? We did. We got some Facebook comments on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash group slash WTV podcast, uh, where we post uh, uh, some, some uh, we, we post posts for all the listeners to uh, be able to chime in with their own thoughts on the episodes. And we have a few here. This one's from Kevin Barry. He writes 4.5 burners out of five. This is my favorite episode so far. I really enjoyed the Paris setting and the world building that we got this episode. The music was great for setting the mood and the vibe of the episode. Uh, Shota Sunomura writes two, two new meanings of underground nightclub out of five. The password to get in is mot de passe. 
Uh, one, I approve the song, at least for the dead orchestra. Two, a pigeon is better than nothing. Three, so they're making variants, I think. I wonder if Isabel is going to be Daryl's new love interest, so the dead bodies don't age, eh? Four, so does Laurent know Isabel is his aunt? Oh, yeah, where in France, of course, we'd stop by catacombs at least once. Five, I'm starting to think the apocalyptic France is nicer than apocalyptic America. I thought about it as soon as he said it. That Laurent is his son. Okay. Uh, Six, secreting from him, not no lie. If he didn't ask, Laurent enters the scene. Well, now it's a lie. The facts. This week's episode's title translates to Paris will be Paris. Paris will always be Paris, but it was enough. Uh, all right. Next one we have is from Lisa Sloat Lockridge. She writes, I loved, loved, loved this episode. I love the nightclub and the idea of people having fun in the midst of the horror around them. I love them stopping at Jim Morrison's grave. I wonder if it was actually his grave or a mock-up. He is buried in Paris where he died in 1972. I love that they played a French version of People Are Strange. I love that the censors seem to be relaxed about Daryl's use of the F-bomb compared to the main show's use of it. Let's face it. That is absolutely how Daryl would talk. I love Daryl telling Isabel that maybe Lorraine is just a regular kid that got lucky and lived by that, and that's a miracle. 4.5 burners out of 5. Well, the majority are with me this week, Rich, so ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Shota are together on this one. There you go. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everyone for leaving comments um, for for episode three. Um, as we wrap things up, Aaron, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I host a podcast with my friend Abe. It's called Out Now, Out There, and Abe. We talk about weekly movie releases, and we're getting into October, uh, where we're going to have all these special bonus horror themed episodes. We do that every year, and for this year, we are doing a we're theming it around uh, internet. We're going international. Every week is going to be uh, focused on a different country and their horror films and discussions of those, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I also write movie reviews, and I wrote a review for the premiere episode of this show over at WeLiveEntertainment.com, and I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Rich? Uh, yeah, on the socials at JoeToad01. Cool. And you can find me, of course, here at HHWLED.com on this podcast. As well as Dr. Current and I, Daryl Taylor, over at Gotham by Geeks, um, where we talk about Batman every other week, alternating with uh, his uh, DC-centric podcast. So definitely give that a check out over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com. Awesome. Um, all right, that'll do it for, for this week. Uh, so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth... People are strange. People are strange.